0: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. This episode is brought to you by Citrix ShareFile. Onboarding talent for a hybrid workforce is a challenge, and providing a positive first experience is more important than ever. Enter ShareFile with eSignatures, the fast, easy way to get documents signed and stored in seconds. With ShareFile, you can securely manage onboarding, open enrollments, and document signing without the friction. Plus, ShareFile is backed by bank-level data encryption and more than 25 customizable security settings, so your workforce's sensitive files won't fall into the wrong hands. Still not convinced? Try it for free for 30 days. Visit ShareFile.com and get started today. That's ShareFile.com to try it free. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Chris Aquaman Carver, Sorcerer at Wayne Technologies. WayneTech provides global and industrial agnostic talent acquisition services that have reinvented the sourcing recruiting model. With a focus in recruiting software, Wayne Tech offers training on tooling, process and workflow, sourcing, messaging, and qualification calls. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Maddie.
0: Yeah. So one of the first questions I kind of wanted to get down to with you is what is the difference between sourcing and recruiting?
1: Excellent question. Uh, sourcing is, is definitely kind of an, a newer function that we're seeing within the talent acquisition world. It uh, has really come to light in the last couple of years with COVID, especially in the last few months as we've dealt with the great resignation. Typically, sourcing versus recruiting is based on what candidates you're dealing with. Think of sourcing as you're interacting with the passive candidates. You're reaching out to those who are already gainfully employed, identifying top talent in whatever space you're looking for, and those are the individuals you're reaching out to. Recruiting, on the other hand, uh, is typically more of dealing with the active talent pipeline that you already have. Uh, You're looking at those incoming to your ATS, you're working with the hiring teams, hiring managers, uh, a lot more of a people person, while a sourcer is typically data-driven.
0: And I know, especially like you mentioned with the Great Resignation, a lot of incoming talent for companies are people who are currently employed. So how does sourcing help optimize that sort of recruitment pipeline?
1: The cool thing about sourcing and sourcers, like I said, is is they're typically very data driven. So you're building a data set for jobs that you commonly have open, or if you have individuals you know will be leaving, uh, haven't got the green light to post the job listing and start accruing those active applicants, uh, you can already begin work on those. We do a lot of our work on Google Spreadsheets. And so we can maintain that data, we can sort it however we need to. It's great for maintaining and identifying where the gaps are in the talent within your organization and being able to just step right in and fill that.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And so from the data you've kind of tracked and analyzed, what do you think is the most telling or the most common skill that people are looking for in talent these days?
1: There's a lot of different facets that people are looking for. Over the last couple of years, tech has been one of the huge ones. Everyone's looking for that full stack developer. Everyone's looking for front end, back end engineer. Those seem to be the top talents or highest demand talent in the industry right now. But we're also seeing quite the surge in talent acquisition professionals. Recruiting is a more than full time job right now. And so finding individuals that are really good at it to come into your organization and get the buy in and stay is really difficult. So we're seeing a lot more talent acquisition individuals in high demand.
0: Right. And I know that since sourcing kind of handles a slightly different aspect of recruiting than traditional recruiters do. If a team adds a sourcer to their pipeline, how does that sort of help facilitate the process and prevent burnout for both sourcers and recruiters?
1: So recruiters have been doing the full scope of the job. And we're learning that there are a lot of individuals that are highly fine-tuned to that data. They organize it. They love it. uh, They're able to understand it. And so you're taking that off of the plate of the recruiter. Like I said, generally, recruiters are people people. They enjoy the interactions, you know, the phone screenings, the interviews, working with the hiring team. And so you see a lot of recruiters wanting to do that and suffering in their sourcing endeavors because it is very data driven. Not very many recruiters are going to say, yeah, let me go look at a spreadsheet all day long and, and identify the, the top talent here. <laughs> Sourcers, on the other hand, are the exact opposite. You know, they want that. I loathe phone interviews. I don't want to do them. Right. <laughs> you put me in front of a spreadsheet and tell me to identify the individuals based on you know certain parameters. Great. I can do that all day long. So separating those job functions for an organization that has a recruiter doing both, you're going to avoid the burnout because a recruiter is not doing a job that they don't like to do. And you're bringing in somebody that can help facilitate and speed up the hiring process. If you've already got talent pipelines that your sourcer has built for commonly open jobs you've got, or for jobs that you're going to be adding to your organization, your recruiter instantly has people in that pipeline that they can talk to. All you have to do is start messaging them, uh, start reaching out, and your turnaround time instantly drops from weeks and months to days, maybe a couple weeks that you can turn around a job and have it filled.
0: Yeah, that gives you a huge edge in today's job market too, I imagine. Absolutely. One of the biggest things that people are seeing is uh, the increase in soft skills and stuff that might not necessarily be on a resume. So can sourcing help identify some of those more nuanced abilities that can help people succeed in a role?
1: Yeah, that one can be really tricky. So a sourcer uh, and a good sourcer would be looking at natural language and the way that people are talking about what they do right? So if you're looking at soft skills, like you want to see a team leader, you want to see someone who takes feedback well, like you can search for those terms, those things on somebody's LinkedIn profile on their resume. And so sourcing can definitely help identify that, but it's going to be essentially the same as what a recruiter would see as as someone that's coming in. You're looking at what do they have on their resume? How are they talking about what they're doing? It's just learning different ways that people talk about that.
0: And that makes sense that it's more of a recruiter's kind of role to see if they fit into the culture and fit into the role from like a person to person standpoint. Absolutely. So what kind of interaction do you have with recruiters as far as the handoff from sorcerer to recruiter in that process?
1: Yeah, this is a a hot button debate. If you're talking sorcerer versus recruiter, where is that handoff? So you're looking essentially at are the sorcerers going to be the ones making initial contact and what does that initial contact look like? Generally, the debate is uh, sourcers will either be the ones that initiate outreach and then uh, upon response will hand off to the recruiter, or will sourcers conduct the first phone screening afterwards? Most sourcers don't enjoy phone screenings. But that being said, there are plenty of sourcers that will conduct that initial phone screening and hand off to the recruiter. The way that I operate and, and that my team at Wayne Tech operates is we do the initial outreach via email campaigns. And as soon as we have someone that's interested, we pass them off right to the hiring team or recruiter that we're working with. We found that to be highly effective and right down our niche because I don't like talking on phones. That's not what I want to do. Yeah, That's definitely where your handoff is and what you're looking at. As for the outreach, though, sourcers can be quite creative with how they're reaching out to candidates and uh, initiating those email campaigns. We like to use psychology. We use the disk personality assessment. And so you have everybody fits within one of four personality types. So we craft our emails to fit one of those four, and we'll send them an email campaign of, of five emails. The first four all fit within one of those personality types. That's where we get to flex our creative muscles and have fun with it. And as people respond, we we like to see how they're interacting with us. What personality type was it that is most interesting to them? And that's highly valuable as well to the hiring team, if that's your approach.
0: So being able to collect the kind of data and analysis of people's careers, abilities, and even personalities, how does that help drive recruitment from a data standpoint rather than a, oh, we got a big barrel of people to sort through kind of a thing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I love data. More importantly, I love to understand data. And so tracking that data is a huge asset right now. If you understand how people operate and how they operate effectively, you can look at how teams are operating and how they operate effectively. Will this person, based on a you know maybe a personality assessment, will they fit and integrate with the team well? Understanding that from a, a collective data perspective can help you improve your retention rates which then, you know, immediately is challenging that great resignation. If you've got a team that is cohesive and works together well, even if they're all different personality types but they work similarly, you're going to see higher retention. You're going to experience greater happiness at work, which means you're going to have less hiring to do since you won't have as much turnover. And that's always a huge plus.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the great resignation, what have you kind of seen on your end as far as boomerang hires, people who have left their place of employment but ultimately returned?
1: Yeah. With my last company, we saw that a few times. And they were typically the ones that, you know, the grass was greener on the other side. They wanted to test the waters. Maybe they weren't entirely happy with something. And then they came back, right? And in my own anecdotal experience was that those boomerang hires were the ones that ended up having some of our greatest longevity. They realized what they enjoyed and what they wanted. Now, on the flip side, I have heard some of the boomerang hires are the worst. (laughs) It's a total toss up and it depends on what your organization is looking like. But in my general experience, I would say don't be afraid of a boomerang hire. If someone's wanting to come back to your organization, that speaks something. Use that. When they come back to your organization, instantly ask them for a review. Send them a link to your Glassdoor, to your Google, to Indeed, wherever you're collecting that data, and ask them, why did you come back? What was it about this organization that made you choose to come back to us? And that'll help your ratings go up, especially since they'd be a new employee anyway. And that looks attractive to the active talent pipelines.
0: Right. Sort of to go back to talk about sourcing again, how can a hiring team kind of assess that they need to add a sourcer, that they need more people, or at least more data-driven analysis?
1: So a few things to consider right off the bat is the variety of roles you have open, how long jobs are typically vacant, and what your company's turnover rates look like. Those are your three biggest indicators. I would add a fourth one in there. How many hours a week are your recruiters working? If they're consistently hitting 70, 80 hour work weeks, something needs to change, right? Yeah, that's brutal. (laughs) So looking at those things is going to be a, a solid indicator of would a sourcer potentially be a positive for our organization? At that point, you're going to want to look at what those open positions you have are. If you've got a consistent variety of open positions that's awesome. Sourcers love to research. Your talent pipeline would most benefit if you have consistently open similar roles. For example, if you're a large accounting firm and you're consistently hiring accountants, a sourcer would make sense to have an active talent pipeline on individuals you can be reaching out to. If you're working in tech and you know you're always hiring software developers, that makes sense. You know, A sourcer would make sense because you have similar functioning roles. Even if they're all using different programming languages or they've all got different specialties, you're operating in similar space. That's a good indicator that a sourcer would be an immediate add value to your organization. Other things to look at is what is the turnaround time from an employee gave notice, you've opened the job, to when you have it filled. You cannot have it be months at this point. Most of the time, you can't even afford to have it over a couple weeks because the market is so hot for candidates to move that if they're going through a five interview process over the course of six weeks. You're going to lose them.
0: They're going to get snapped up.
1: Yeah. And if that is what traditionally your company has been operating at, a source would be a great add value there to have that quick turnaround. So looking at things like that would definitely help you evaluate if a sourcer would be right for your organization.
0: Gotcha. So you mentioned technology a little bit and how your team prefers to contact candidates via email. What other sort of sourcing or recruiting technology have you seen emerge, especially since the pandemic?
1: Sure. So you're seeing a lot of automated and highly customizable email platforms. For example, we use SourceWell at the moment, and it's an email campaign software that we can use where we have those highly customizable fields. We'll add their first name in each individual email. We can add what day of the week or what day did they receive the last email into it. We can add their company name. We can add their job title, things like that. So it does appear and come as highly customized uh, because simply put, we don't have the time to write individual emails for you know all 200 persons that we're going to email for a single job. But we still want it to be personal. We don't want it to come across as an, an automated robot. Other technologies that we've seen emerge and really grow significantly are sourcing platforms. We've seen companies like HireEasy and SeekOut that have grown exponentially over the last couple of years uh, because they are a recruiting sourcing platform. Uh, You can find people, build basic Boolean searches, and identify top talent for the openings that you have. So you're seeing a lot more of those companies emerge as well, and it's going to be a competitive market and finding the right fit for what your organization needs.
0: Nice. And that kind of covers all the questions I have for you, unless there's anything you'd like to add before we get to our final question.
1: I guess the last thing I would add is you're going to see a lot more sourcers popping up in the talent acquisition community over the next few years as you start to see companies and organizations dividing that recruiting and sourcing function. Really evaluating where your organization's at is going to be huge over the next couple of years uh, as that really becomes a profession. Sourcers are no longer going to be seen as quote unquote junior recruiters. It is a fundamentally different function and is becoming quickly recognized as such.
0: Yeah. And thank you for like identifying exactly what that difference is and how people can identify when and where they need sorcerers. You're welcome. So my final question for today, since the episode's airing on Friday, what are you looking forward to this weekend?
1: My youngest brother just graduated high school, so we're going to go celebrate with him. Oh, And he's pretty excited, still trying to figure out where he's going to go with his life and what he wants to do as a, a functioning adult.
0: Yeah. I can relate to that.
1: <laughs> I'm still trying to figure that out most days anyway, as well. So we're going to go celebrate him and you know that accomplishment. And we'll, we're going to take it easy and enjoy a long holiday weekend.
0: That's so awesome. Are you local to your brother? Or do you have a little bit of a road trip to get to him?
1: If a road trip is considered an hour and 20 minutes, then sure. I We're, we're pretty local.
0: That's good. As long as you're not hitting like ungodly traffic, it sounds like a pretty smooth ride.
1: <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't be too bad.
0: That's good. Well, I hope his graduation goes really well. And I hope you have a really fun time with your family.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you again for joining me today, Chris.
1: Yeah, anytime.
0: This episode is brought to you by Citrix ShareFile. Onboarding talent for a hybrid workforce is a challenge and providing a positive first experience is more important than ever. Enter ShareFile with e-signatures, the fast, easy way to get documents signed and stored in seconds. With ShareFile, You can securely manage onboarding, open enrollments, and document signing without the friction. Plus, ShareFile is backed by bank-level data encryption and more than 25 customizable security settings, so your workforce's sensitive files won't fall into the wrong hands. Still not convinced? Try it for free for 30 days. Visit ShareFile.com and get started today. That's ShareFile.com to try it free. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.